Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Wednesday, November 3rd edition of the show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And of course, got Chris on the phone today. You guys know it is a weekday show. That's how we roll uh, during the week. So, hopefully everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday. We have got a lot of football to talk about. Before I get into the rundown, all that good stuff, first topic on the board, Chris, did you see that Clay Helton has been hired or is going to be hired as the next head coach at Georgia Southern. Um, Yeah, I saw the reports of that. that. Now, is there a bigger difference uh, anywhere in the country, any job in the country, than going from Los Angeles to Statesboro, Georgia? Have you been to Statesboro? No. Statesboro is kind of middle of nowhere. (laughs) Like... Uh, and that's not saying anything bad, of course, about Georgia Southern and whatnot. But uh, yeah, that's uh, there's a there's a big change coming, a big cultural shift for uh, for Clay Helton. Um, give me give me your thoughts on on the hire. You think uh, think it's a pretty good idea? Uh, I mean, I never thought he was a bad coach. Just the expectations that uh, you know USC are are a lot higher than you know what they are elsewhere, and so I think he'll do fine. I don't think he'll do great because I don't think it's a great job, but it's a job. Yes, I, I think I think it's a pretty good hire. Uh, you got somebody that understands uh, how to build a program at a at a high level. Um, you know, it, his biggest job now is going to be to beat App State. That is the biggest job if you are the head coach at Georgia Southern. Uh, I think he can do it. Like I, I think he understands talent. I think he knows. Like it's not like they had bad recruiting classes. Like he just he didn't know what to do with him. I think maybe his personality is better suited for a job like this. So I'm, you know, I'm excited to uh, to see what's actually going to happen with this one. But yeah, Clay Helton appears to be the next guy at Georgia Southern. 
the thing that I was going to lead the show off with today was the Texas monkey scandal. Have you read all the stuff about this? Uh, I saw a little bit about it. I'm I'm just not into this story like so, you are. <laughs> it's if nothing else, it is entertaining. There is no like it doesn't affect anything in the world of college football other than uh, if there's any kind of legal issues that could be coming against the special teams coordinator at uh, at Texas, Jeff Banks, his girlfriend, uh, who used to be an exotic dancer, who had a monkey that she used on stage with her. It's a pet monkey. It's an emotional support monkey. This thing apparently bit a child, that, not a trick-or-treater, but they were having like a house party in Austin and invited all the neighborhood kids over like to the backyard one kid went away from where he was supposed to. Uh, the biggest problem here, Chris, was that she started talking about it on Twitter on Tuesday night. and Or sorry, I guess on, on Monday night. And at, at some point, somebody must have told her, hey, delete all of that mess, which people already got screenshots, so it is what it is. But she was all over Twitter, all over Instagram, actually responding to people that were talking about this. And basically confirmed the entire story so Jeff Banks one of the biggest issues with this is Jeff Banks is up for the Washington State job like he played at Washington State everybody had kind of I say everybody a lot of media outlets had been kind of saying that he was in the middle of negotiations uh talks to go to Washington State at the end of this season to be their next head coach uh this might put uh a little damper on that. It might pump the brakes on that just a little bit. Do you think that that would affect uh, the hiring of, of this guy at Washington State? No. I don't know that it would either. Uh, but it is entertaining. Have I you ever hired this. anybody, Gary? Have I? Yeah. No, Have I, you I ever don't... gone through a, like a legit inter- interview process where you saw a bunch of candidates, you looked at their qualifications, you picked the ones that you thought might be the best, you called a bunch of people in, you sat down, you had anywhere between a 30 and, you know, minute to an hour and a half long conversation with them, and then, like, went back to decide who you were actually going to give the job to? Oh, no, no, I have not had to do that. I've been involved in interviews, but no, I've not had to be the only, one that had to call. Only, only people who have never done that think this stuff matters. The only reason that I bring it up is because it is such a high-profile position. That's not the only reason I bring it up. Gary, Gary, it's not a high-profile position. Outside of you and I, people who like this sport, people who listen to this show because they're heavily invested in college sports and the football, okay? okay? Nobody, nobody on the planet could have named the coach at Washington State until he got fired for not wanting to get a COVID shot. Nobody. True, you okay. You had to be heavily invested in the – so it's not a high-profile job, okay? It's just not. Uh, true, I, I will say this. And it's not even an Nobody, important job. He's yeah. a he's a head coach of a football team at a state university where the majority of the people that live in that state don't care about the sport, they don't care about the school, they don't care about any of it. If nothing else, I do wonder what AD Chris Del Cane's thoughts are on this. I'm sure that he was not uh, exactly thrilled about it. He's the uh, AD at Texas right now. Uh, but the reason I say it's a high-profile job is the fact that Nobody knew really who Jeff Banks was until Monday night, right? The people that are tied into recruiting know uh, because he's done a fantastic job at A&M, at Alabama, and now at Texas. 
Um, he is known as a recruiter. But, you know, stuff like this, I gotta, if nothing else, it kind of puts a little bit of a black eye on, uh, on what he's doing. And I don't think it'll matter two weeks from now. But right this second, it's, it's certainly something that everybody's kind of having fun with. So, um, moving on from this one, which didn't want to spend long on that, but hey, anytime a story like that pops up with, uh, you know, with a monkey scandal, you know I'm going to hit on it. it. TCU, staying in the same state. TCU got rid of Gary Patterson, and it did not go the way that I expected it to go. This guy is a legend there. He has got a statue built there. Did I think that it was time for Gary Patterson to leave? Yes, likely. Uh, they have not had a good season since 2017. Things have kind of been on the on the decline there. And this, this team on paper, talent-wise, is the best that they have ever had on that campus. And he could not get anything done with it. Now, there's been injuries here and there. There's been a few things that, that have not gone correctly. But... Typically, you would be able to right the ship and get something going in the right direction. And against Kansas State, it looked like that team just did not care at all to be on the field. So now, uh, Gary Patterson, you know, was told, hey, we're not going to bring you back next year. And they they said it was a, a mutual parting of the ways, which I don't buy that at all, because if it was, it would look a lot more like what Ed Orgeron uh, and LSU have going on, where he just coached out the rest of the year. Gary Patterson was given the option to coach out the rest of the year, and he said, nah, nah, I'm good. And and then had his agent leak out that this is probably not going to be his last coaching job. Like, he is going to try and get another gig somewhere because he does not want to stop coaching. Uh, what what are your thoughts on on the situation that's going on in Fort Worth? Uh, yeah, so... The Ed Orgeron situation at LSU isn't a mutual part of the ways either. Like, Ed doesn't want to leave that job. They, they've just agreed, like adults, to separate, and Ed wants his money, and Ed has done things to avoid his contract. And LSU said, we won't bring these clauses up if you finish the job out like a grown-up. Sure. Uh, Gary Patterson doesn't have those things. Gary Patterson says, you got to pay me no matter what, and I am not taking this and walked off. So, two totally different situations there. Because um, uh, the TCU had nothing to offer offer, offer him. What would, what, would they, what could they have offered him that they didn't have to legally give him anyway to get him to finish out the season? I mean, there's nothing that they could have offered him. It's just whether yeah. or not you want to finish the season. Well, um, yeah. Why would, I, why would I continue to work for, for basically free? Because all the money that you're going to pay in the end. So, it didn't have that. Um, I, I do think it was time for him to go. It's always hard when you've got somebody who's a legend that's been around as long as he is. He's the greatest coach in TCU history, you know? And, and I don't think it's close. I mean, he's, what he's done there was amazing. And he's earned that statue. And, and I would like to be able to think that in, you know, a decade or whatever from now, they can, you know, bring some of his old teams back and bring him back and, and, and you know, let him wave to the crowd and, and people remember the good times. But, at some point in time, all good things come to an end. This is just one of those Harvey Dyke situations where, you know, you, you either die a hero or you live long enough to find yourself become a villain. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what has happened because there are just a lot of people that are not happy with the way that the program is being run right now. And, you know, 
this is one of those casualties of the sport changing so rapidly, really in the last, what, year and a half or so? I mean, we've talked ad nauseum about all the different things that are going on in the state of college football, and and this is one of those casualties because you've got an old-school guy like Patterson that's been there for, what, 20 years? I mean, he's been there for 21 years, maybe, I guess. Uh, but he's been there forever, and his mindset is very different from the new way of of doing college football, right? All this NIL stuff, uh, the media availabilities, the just the way that you talk at a press conference, right? Like he, it seemed this season like he was picking more fights at, almost after every game for whatever reason. I have no idea what uh what happened. So I I'm I'm curious, but I I don't know. It it just seemed like it it came to a head so quickly. And and that's what surprised me is, you know, we didn't even get through a season to figure out, okay, what exactly went wrong here? Because, you know, there were a lot of people that were picking TCU to actually compete for and and some some pace, or some people actually had them pick to win the Big 12 this season. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to be really good. Yeah. I was and they, they got guys. Um, I, yeah, so it's interesting. So the, the why they can't win, I'm, I, I got no clue about. Okay, I don't, I don't know enough about the, the game of the team to, to be able to speak intelligently on that. I do think that the athletic director, the boosters, these guys, they, I think he earned the right for them to wait and do this at the end of the season. Yeah. Like if you wanted him to finish the damn season out, you should let him finish the season out. Well, Lincoln Riley even said like. We're, all these midseason firings, he said, you know, Gary Patterson, who is a legend, uh, being fired in the middle of the season and, and not even finishing out with his team, like, that ain't right. It, it's just not. I, I, I don't like the yeah, mid-year all, firings. All the rest of them, all the rest of them, I think, are completely justified. Okay? All the rest of them are justified. The only reason you would do it now is if there's a coaching candidate that you think you can get that you think somebody else might jump in and take ahead of you, then, then that's a different situation. But at the end of the day, I don't think that person's there. I think if you get the big fish that you're going after and he chooses to come, then I don't hey, I, I don't think he was going to maybe take the LSU job or maybe take the USC job, but he's going to choose your job because you caught him first. Like, these guys don't work like that. They're going to hear all the offers before they make a decision on anything anyway. At what point... Like, when in the future do you think we will see a coach actually leave his team in the middle of the season to go take one of these jobs? Like, that's uh, I, I think soon. it's going to happen. I mean, you know, you no, know, no, I that's something pretty soon. And the reason being is because, um, I, I think, I mean, it's happened in the NFL a couple of times, uh, and, and it's because recruiting, right? Like, if you yep. want an NFL coach. Because of that early signing day, which I think is bullshit, by the way. I think 80% of the kids that sign for early signing day are signing with that school because of the school, not because of the coach. I just believe that. All right? I, I look, was, look, I, at the players, look at the players that sign on early signing day. It's none of your top-tier blue-chip guys unless they were born in the state that they were already born in. That they're going to. I just don't understand the purpose of having an early signing day a month and a half before National Signing Day. Like, I was all yeah, in favor of an early... Du- it is the dumbest thing that anybody's ever done, Gary. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I'm saying. does some really stupid shit. Like, it would have made a lot more sense to do 
something similar to what basketball does, which is you got one, at, what is it, in November or, or sometime around there, and then another in April, I think. Like, just do one in August before the season starts, and then do the other one at the beginning of February. Like, if you, why, if you why got, do we need to? Can I can I ask that? Why do we need to? I don't think I don't know that we necessarily do. Okay, so so we don't. That's the answer. Okay, the answer is we don't need to. We just have this other one because college football can't help themselves. They just well, gotta fuck it up. No, no, no. This this was uh, brought up. There were kids that wanted to try and get it over with earlier uh, because they you can commit at any point in time. Yeah, but even even commitments. Uh, don't like the the schools don't stop right they just don't stop trying to recruit you so they wanted the process to end earlier um but you know. that's at some point in time that's on those kids parents to say this shit is over and then we live in a world where you the individual have so much voice and so much power if if alabama had recruited a player and they committed there and auburn just kept calling and tennessee just kept calling they just wouldn't let it go and they were harping this kid. They were driving him nuts. And he just wanted it over. One tweet could end it. One tweet could end it. I wish these sons of bitches would leave me alone. Stop yeah. with the phone calls. I've submitted here. I'm going to sign here. Leave me alone. I appreciate your interest in me, but go away. One tweet, done. Over. And now those teams are going to stop doing that shit forever because it makes them look bad. True. True. Um, and I, I do think that there are some kids that don't know how to do that. But I, I think that day's no, coming. you're right. I don't put that on the kids. That's where a mom and a dad grab that phone and they tell the recruiters, if you don't back off, I'm going to put your ass on blast. I and like guess that what? Idea. Those recruiters' buttholes will tighten up so tight you couldn't put a pin in it. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you are not wrong there. You are not wrong there. So let's uh, let's talk about some potential candidates. We do this for all the different job openings that have uh, that have come up. Jeff Trailer signed a long term contract extension with UT San Antonio, UTSA. I think it was like ten years, twenty eight million. Yeah, but it ain't a lot of money. It's well, like two point eight a year. Yeah, that, you could you could triple that in big in in in, in the in the G five uh, at the P five level. Agreed, but this is what's going to be interesting about this job, along with some of these other ones that are coming open, is are people going to look at this job as at TCU, the Big 12, are they going to look at that as a P5, or are they going to look at that as an upper echelon G5, right? Like, what is well, the money going to look like, the, et cetera? Yeah, we don't know that. Uh, but the booster still got money, right? It's still Texas oil money? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it should be. Okay. It, it's still outside of Dallas, right? Last I checked, I didn't go anywhere, but I moved to the school. <laughs> Yeah, Dallas you, uh, bigger than San Antonio. Dallas easier to get to than San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not wrong. And, and so, and so, if you offered me six a year, okay, I think I'd leave the two point eight. True, true. You are so uh, just, you are probably. I'm just telling you. I, I, now I don't know that Jeff Trailer thinks that way or whatever. I'm just telling you, like his big ass contract. All it did was mean no G five school can pick him up. That's all it means. True. He's not leaving there for Memphis. He's not leaving there for for an Arkansas State. Because those programs historically have been better than UTSA, all right? He's not leaving there for somebody on the plane of them. He's not leaving there for a Troy, okay? But that doesn't mean if TCU calls or even Texas Tech calls that they won't have the money to, to almost, you know, to over double his salary. It means he's packing his shit. True, true. 
Uh, some of these other candidates. I, I don't know that Jeff Trailer is even somebody that they are interested in. I think they would be dumb right. not to be interested, but uh, that's personal preference, obviously. There was a report out that Chris Peterson, former Washington coach, former Boise State coach, could be somebody to watch in this, and it blew my mind. I, yep. it, part I was of, curious, who, who the hell put that out? Uh, there were multiple people that, that actually talked to agents and whatnot that he would be interested in a job like that because it's somewhat similar to Washington on a smaller scale, uh, not as much. Um, there won't be – the spotlight is not on you as much at TCU as that's at right. USC, Texas, LSU, et that's cetera, right. right? And that's kind you know of what, what I also like for. about this TCU job that everybody's forgetting? What's that? I like – I like I like private school money. Ah, uh, that's true. Because ain't nobody on the world, on the planet, outside of Brian Kelly and maybe three other people know what Brian Kelly makes a year. True. Same nobody. with David Shaw. Yeah. Yep. So yep. I, I nobody. So I want private school oil money. That's not a that's not a terrible idea. Not a terrible idea. And it's just a matter of listen. It might be the same amount of money everybody else is making. Different kids, you don't know it. I like a. I just want a little bit of privacy in my life. If you told me it's apples to apples, but one W-2 is brought out all over the world and everybody can see it, and the other one is not, then I always have plausible deniability that you don't know what's my business. True. True. I think that does help. That does help sell the job. Uh, Sonny Dykes, of course, SMU coach, is another one that's been brought up. Uh, People have said that... He is the the leader in the clubhouse right now, and I just don't know that I buy that. Like, there is a real bitter rivalry between SMU and TCU. They're in the same area, like Dallas-Fort Worth. I mean, it's right there. Uh, And I don't think that Gary Patterson likes Sonny Dykes. I don't think he likes how he runs that program. I think it would be— Gary Patterson ain't going to have anything to do with it. Agreed, but I, I just I I could not imagine them going and hiring somebody that you don't you don't think the boosters at TCU think it would be really funny and fun and entertaining to take away their biggest rival or most hated rivals coach. You don't think that would be, I'm going to tell you this: those conversations came up with Lane Kiffin at LSU. Is one of the reasons you go get Lane is because it would piss off old men. That's true. That is true. I mean, this is why, why would. I, this is who's making these decisions, by the way. The athletic director did not fire uh, uh, Gary Patterson. Uh, Gary Patterson. Yeah, that didn't happen. No. Some some rich guy walked into his office and said, hey, I need you to fire him. Here's a check. Yep. Like, I want to make this next hire. That's, yeah, you, you're not wrong about that. The Dykes thing, I just, it, it seems so out of left field for TCU, but if they wanted to go uh, more offense, you know, I think I've, they're going to go for an offensive guy. I might be wrong about that, but I think they've had twenty some years with a defensive guy. I think they'd like an offensive guy. I will. I will tell you the two names that I think. Like I, I don't think the Dykes will be. I've a got good a name fit. that you haven't given out yet, so I'm interested to see your two names. Go ahead. Uh, Billy Napier. I think first this is off, first off, the perfect job. If if Chris Peterson is interested in this job, he gets the job. Oh, and yes. we stop talking about all these other people and everybody else just shuts up. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Okay, that's that. We didn't we didn't really clarify that. We threw his name out there. I'm. It's weird that his agent might put that out there because his agent, every other agent in the world, would put their guy out there so they could get their guy a raise. Chris Peterson is currently unemployed right now, 
from coaching. So this isn't getting him a raise. Correct. So that's why I found his name to be weird to be the first big name out the door. Um, so and if he says yes, you tell everybody else thanks, but no thanks. Uh, Billy Napier. Look, Billy's going to get a – Billy is going to take one of these big jobs at some point in time. And I think he's going to do really, really well at them. Yeah, I, I think so as well. This seems like the perfect job for him. Like, that's that's what I really think. I think, um, you know, it's a, it's a small job, but it's in a really fertile recruiting ground. Uh, it's a step up for him. I think his offense travels. He's got good defense, and you know that the man can recruit. Like, he, he seems like a perfect fit for it. Uh, another one that, that I would push, because I, I do think the Napier situation, LSU might be too big for him. That might be too much of a step up. I don't know if the TCU is that much. Like, it, it's a step up from Louisiana. I don't think it's too big of a step up. Like, I, I think I Napier— I think Napier would be great at LSU, too, by the way. But oh, yeah. I don't think he's getting the LSU job. Um, I, I don't think so, either. Uh, I think Napier would be really good at Virginia Tech if Fuente ends up— somehow getting this TCU job because yeah, that name's been I, I, I know it's weird and I give you shit all the time saying you know this guy's a fit here fit there hey I think Napier's is great anywhere if you ask me I'd have to go to Virginia or I'd have to go to State in Dallas it's not the city it's the recruiting it's why would I why would I walk out of Texas and go to Virginia uh, there's yeah. a ton of talent in the DMV but it it ain't it ain't roll out of bed send out three text messages and get five five stars like Dallas got. I mean, it's just too much down there. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, you are not wrong. You are not wrong. Uh, so, aside from Billy Napier um, and, you know, Justin Fuente, which I don't think is a realistic option. Uh, no, I don't. Fuente ain't getting another G5, power, power five job. He needs to go back to the G. Yeah. Which, again, turns into... He needs to come home to Memphis. We need to fire the shit out of Silverfield. <laughs> and he needs to come back to Memphis. You, you, you just about done with, uh, with Ryan Silverfield, I see. Um, oh, I've been done. You leave the temple. Oh yeah. Crash. Oh yeah. Uh, it, wait, hey, by the way, my uh, my under eight on the season, uh, it's already to push. It's all. Oh <laughs> yeah. One, one more lose. loss. <laughs> they ain't winning out. I promise you that. Well, man, they got they got SMU this weekend. So. And they go. They gonna get beat by double D. There you go. There you go. Uh, Jamie Jamie Chadwell, over at Coastal I love Carolina. Jamie Chadwell. You know um, that. Oh my oh, yeah. god. Offensive guy. Uh, runs a really yep. unique style. And I, I think what he does would work really, really well in that conference. I, I think he could have TCU absolutely rolling. Uh, the issue is going to be defense. I mean, you, you got to get somebody to be able to run that defense. And defense has been the problem this year. The offense has not been the issue. Well, uh, but here's the thing: Chadwell, Chadwell's capable of doing that. His style of offense isn't such a we score so fast that we were you know our defense is on the field all day long, so we true. give up forty points. They they don't. He's an offensive guy. Gary, they're winning all their games with defense. They're winning the games because nobody can score on them. True, true. Uh, even even I love Chad well. That, that, but but the, uh, it, there's a bias there to where, I, you know, is Billy Napier probably a better coach? Maybe I don't know. Is Billy Napier more qualified? Maybe because of, of what he's done, how long he's done it. Probably maybe. I, I, I like Jamie. I'm. That the hard thing is, is I can't separate those two. Yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of the same. Either one of those, I think, would be really successful. Uh, the next one that could be interesting, and this is my last one on the list, is Mike Oko, uh, the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M. You know, was the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. He was at Wake Forest before that. He is the one that actually taught Clark Lee how to be a defensive coordinator. And 
Clark Lee, of course, got a job before him. Like, got a head coaching job before. Now it's at Vanderbilt. Slightly different circumstance. Yeah, it's a shitty job. <laughs> but uh, I do think Elko could be good in the right situation. I think TCU could be a really good situation. Uh, but again, this is another one of those where you would have to hire somebody to run the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, with what you and I have talked about at numerous, numerous times, if you get a really good one, like Baylor has got Jeff Grimes, well, he's already up for head coaching jobs now. So, you know, I don't know that Jeff Grimes will get, like, a TCU job, but I think he could get another head coaching job somewhere else during this carousel, and then it's back to square one for Dave Aranda at Baylor. Yep. So if you hire Mike Elko yep. and you bring in a good offensive coordinator, uh, chances of him sticking around long-term, not great. So Yeah, this is, this is listen, somebody's going to give Elko a job one day, all right? Dave Aranda got a job. That's awesome. Mel Tucker, absolutely deserving of a biggest of big boy job. I And I would love all those guys. I think they're all great coaches. I just think I am afraid. I am personally afraid of losing my play caller two game time because I think it's too damn hard to to replace the play caller. I think they're the most important person on the team. I just believe that. The yeah. ball has gone that way. That's the reason I, don't, I wouldn't like Elko. Also, we just talked about. They've just spent 20-something years with a defensive guy. It, it, this is this is one of those things where, you know, I've, I've been with this blonde for, for my entire life. I, I'm, my next girl is going to be a redhead. That's just, it's going to be different. It's going to be brown. It's going to be something. It's going to be different, okay? I've spent 20 years with this person. I'm not going getting somebody just like me, all right? True. The next guy I get is going to be 6'3". They're going to be 185. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to just – everything about them is going to be different than Gary I assure you of that. They're going to be can, 20 years younger. Yep. They're, they're going, they're, I'm going to drop 80 pounds and, and get a lot taller. Like, this is just what's going to happen. It, it so, makes sense. I can't take the Elko one serious. So, here's the name. I, I don't – oh, God. I feel like an asshole even spitting it out there. But I think it's uh, – do you think Rolo gets one of Texas jobs? So, I don't know that he gets the TCU job. Um, but I don't think Texas Tech is that far off for him. Like it, because I think I think the the guys at Texas Tech the boosters wanted the Bryles connection. Uh, yeah, I think that the yes. the administration has squashed that, so that ain't happening. Well, this is where and this is where if you're the boosters, you can replace the administration. Uh, true, true. I and think it's a little more difficult. Guy? You do. <laughs> it's it's a little more difficult to get rid of a chancellor and et cetera, et cetera. But. Uh, uh, I don't know because I'm gonna bet the boosters are the same people that that put the governor in place. You, you might not be wrong about. You think that. most of those donations come from the same place? Here, here's the thing: if you've got a Rolovich out there, uh, would you rather have him, or would you rather replace a? Oh no, no, no. President I would rather have all whatever. of those coaches that we just talked about outside of Elko than Rolo, and I love Rolo. I would rather have all of the names that we just mentioned over Rolovich, but I think his name's gonna get brought up for him. Uh, the Texas Tech job. I got a different name for you for that. All right, who you got? I, and it's because I love old man spite. I like Gary Patterson to go take that job, <laughs> shove it right up their ass. I want to play TCU every year. You sons of bitches, you fire me. That's you know that's not terrible. Um, I mean, I te- you want the second his agent put out there, he's not done coaching. My first thought was that his ass didn't sound. That that could be really interesting. Him in Lubbock could be a lot of fun. He, he wants to stay in that conference. Or he might not want Lubbock, 
But he's going to wait around and see if anybody else gets fired in that conference. He's going to take the best job in the Big 12 that opens up. Uh, yeah. I, I don't. And he's going to stick it up TCU's ass. And I promise you he will, too. He absolutely will. I bet, he he yeah. might lose all the rest of them, but he's going to win that one. I could, I could, I think he would be really successful there. Like, if nothing else, I think I he'd get him bowl games. I really do too. Because I, I still I really have, do too. I, now, I don't know what happened Texas to TCU. Tech might want to, Texas Tech might want to go young. I think if I'm all these schools, I go young. I just do. You have nothing else to lose. You're, you're a middling team in the Big Twelve in a middling conference. Okay, if you go young and you hit Pater, then you've got a hot shit quarter coach for a couple of years before one of the big boys comes and takes. Okay. If, if, if you're you Texas old, Tech, you stay middling. Well, here, here's the issue. If you're Texas Tech, you still don't really know what like the conference is going to look like, what the next media rights deal is going to look like, what the money will be, etc. cetera. Uh, some people might tell them no. Once you get through enough no's and Gary Patterson is sitting there, okay, uh, maybe you start livening up to the situation a little bit. Like, all right, I can, uh, I can maybe see this happening. So I don't I don't think it's uh, that far out of the realm of possibilities. I like I said I just like old man spice. That's it. That's all. I just I, 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 every day I just run off piss and vinegar. That's it. I could uh, I could I could totally see it. Let's uh, let's hit one more before we jump into our NFL recap. Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky appear to be headed to the MAC. The presidents of those schools are having a meeting. It is basically a formality. Uh, they're going to have a vote. It's going to be unanimous. And they are going to add Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky to the MAC conference. And those are the only two schools from CUSA that really fit that footprint anyway. Uh, I like it. I think it's a good fit. Uh, I think it definitely helps the football brand for sure. Uh, along with that, now we're looking at Conference USA, and there are reports that Conference USA is going to add UConn, New Mexico State, and Liberty to Conference USA, along with bringing up. Jacksonville State from FCS to FBS and somebody else. I can't remember who exactly the other team was. But uh, but you you toss in those along with... These are the four that are left in Conference USA, by the way. Louisiana Tech, UTEP, Old Dominion, and Florida International. And there's talk about Old Dominion joining with James Madison to go to the Sun Belt. Now, I don't know that that's going to happen. That would put the Sun Belt at 14 teams. Um, we'll see. I mean, obviously, there was talk about that early, and then it kind of died off a little bit. But uh, this looked like the death knell for Conference USA, and now it looks like Conference USA is just going to bring up some FCS teams to FBS, and instead of 130 teams, we're going to have, I mean, maybe up to 135, 140 teams in FBS, like teams from FCS that want to jump up. I I don't know what I what I think about this. Um you you got any thoughts on on the whole situation? No, I don't care. None of these schools move the needle for me at all. The only thing that that's cool about this is, is Maxion gets to come basically to the Nashville area with Murfreesboro. That's like like you Nashville. The reason Nashville has become the boom that it is is it is still a big part of the South and the Southern culture, but it is so close to the Midwest and the rest of the Midwest teams. It just fits. It just fits in this perfect little little bubble. Um, and Murfreesboro being basically a suburb of Nashville, I, I think that that could help with a little recruiting, with a little draw, um, you know, stuff like that. So, 
at well, in Bowling Green, of course, not that far from uh, from Nashville either. So, well, uh, Bowling Green's a couple hours though, right? Bowling Green's not yeah. like down the road. I think Murfreesboro is like forty five minutes. I mean, it's it's basically from my house to Memphis. It's you Bowling know, Bowling Green is closer to Nashville than Jackson, Tennessee. So it's it's about oh, an hour well, and a half. Yeah. Maybe. So yeah, yeah, no. So nothing nothing too crazy. Clarksville is about forty five minutes uh, northeast or northwest of Nashville. Uh, Bowling Green is north uh, east, and around eh, round about an hour and a half or so. So, it, but yes, it helps. Like it it gets that Nashville market in. Um, so the Mac. I mean, I'm cheers to that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Could be very interesting. Make up some some different rivalries that we have not seen uh, before. So I'm I'm kind of pumped about it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's dive into NFL Week 8 recap right quick before we jump into our picks. Best game. So I ask Chris four questions every week if you have not watched the show or listened to the show before. Uh, we do a, a very quick recap before we dive into the previews for this week. And for Week 8, Chris, what were the best games of the weekend? Oh, man. So every week I'm watching and I'm trying to figure out what the best games are going to be this week. Last couple of weeks of football, it's been uh, rough in the NFL. Yeah, we had some amazing games early, and then the last last couple of weeks we've had some shitters. I, I, I always try to steer clear of my teams, but I think the Patriots Chargers was the best, but it wasn't because it was good football though. That's my problem. Yeah, that's, that's been the biggest the problem. Exciting games aren't aren't good because they're good. Yes, that's I agree. I, I've got three games written down for for best games, um, but none of them were like particularly played well. They they just yeah, I was ended just about to say they're like, not played well. I don't want to call those people the best at anything. Yeah, so I did have Pat's Chargers as my third option here. So Pat's won that twenty seven twenty four in L A. My number one here was Packers 24, Cardinals 21 from Thursday night. I, I think that was the best game of NFL Week 8, um, but it wasn't played well. Kyler Murray had two interceptions. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did the best he could with what he had on the field. I mean, they had, what, their top three wide receivers were out? Uh, not, not great yeah. circumstances, but the Packers find a way to get it done, and interception in the end zone, you know, very end of the ball game, ended up sealing the win for the Packers. Uh, that was, you know, that was fun. And then Titans 34, Colts 31. Uh, I mean, that game was won basically with an interception. Same situation. So yeah. they weren't played well. Yeah. But bad, bad football. It, 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 it's, it's frustrating when I'm trying to come up with the best of something. Agreed. 
Agreed. Uh, the most surprising result of the weekend, and and I think there was only, I think there was only one. Yeah. Jets thirty four, Bengals thirty one. Yeah, I, I can't. But, so, at what point? At what point do we stop? Um, talking about the quarterback system being the most important position in, in the world at sports. Um. I don't think it'll end anytime soon. I think we just have to. Well, it should. Well, it should because some some nutsack named Mike White and then some other nutsack named Cooper whatever fuck his name is Cooper Rush just <laughs> just went just came into the NFL week one and just rolled off victory like like nothing happened. One of them one of them dropped four hundred yards of offense. Just came out swinging the damn football. Do you remember where Mike White played college football? Hell no. I don't recognize that name at all. If you told me it was LSU, I'd be like, damn, I didn't know that. Like, <laughs> no. no, he was the starting quarterback at Western Kentucky for Jeff Brom. So he is used to throwing up 400-yard days. Like, that's, well, that's he hasn't the crazy done that thing. in a long time. Listen, oh. Reliving how – it was just – I just can't. I can't abide by the fact that the quarterback position is that important. When when some dude off a couch can walk in and and do what we saw two guys off a couch do. Yeah, Mike White. By the way, thirty-seven out of forty-five, four hundred five yards, three touchdowns. Absolutely that is, absurd. That is Exhibit A as to why if if I had a quarterback that was, uh, I'd say a top twelve, maybe top ten quarterback but not a top-five quarterback, walked into my office and said, I'm ready to renegotiate my contract, and I want more money. And I just laughed my ass off and show him the door. Hey, get the <laughs> hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. That's, I mean, you look at – Some of a bitch outside it, named Mike White is going to come in here and drop 400 yards. Exactly. Nobody's ever heard of him. His mother doesn't even know he's playing today. Jesus. Things come up for lunch. And, I mean, he did this against uh, what I would consider to be a top-10 quarterback uh, in this league. Like, Joe Burrow has been nothing short of electric all season. Well, and well, he didn't really do it against the quarterback because you don't play football that uh, way. Agreed, agreed. He did, he did, though, do it against one of the best DBO teams, uh, DBOA teams uh, defensively in the league so far this year. Yeah. No, I mean, the Bengals. Nobody else Bengals has dropped 400 five. yards passing against the Bengals all year. No, the Bengals were, uh, they were a top five DBOA defense. And yeah. let's see. Looking at them right now. So that's, who, that's who he did it against. Uh, their defense it dropped all the way to 13 after last week. Yeah. They got no, eight that's up. That's who he did it against. So, yes, I'm uh, I'm with you. Uh, who who lost the weekend? Oh, God. I, I, and so, it's too easy to say the Bengals, right? We can't say that? Yeah, I'm not going to say the Bengals. I, I'm going to say I'm going to say the biggest loser of them all. It's the Lions. This was the game you should have been able to win, and not only did you not win, you were never in it. You got beat by forty. Yeah, against a bad football team at home. Like that's it makes this it. This was the worse. one win on this is the one game on the schedule where we all circled that they can win this. One. I I've got. Two, I don't think they can win any now. I well, you know, here let me let me pull up their schedule um, because I, I think I mean there's got to be something left. Uh, let's see. They got the Steelers. I don't, I don't think there's something left. I'm serious. Uh, they got. I mean, they got the Broncos in early December. Hold on, hold on. We're we're gonna get, we're gonna get there. Uh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, 
Uh, both of those on the road. You got the Bears at home. You got the Vikings at home, at the Broncos, the Cardinals, at the Falcons, at the Seahawks, and then against Green Bay. Yeah, this this might be an over. This might be an over. If that game against we're, we're going to have not, the, the, the first team. They were the first team to ever go sixteen and zero. They're about to be the first team to ever go seventeen and zero. Or zero and seventeen? You mean? Uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Uh, I had two different answers for who lost the weekend. Uh, I put the Bucks down. Uh, they got beat thirty six to twenty seven against the Saints, and they had a shot to go ahead and take a, a really big lead in the division. Because I mean, remember, this is a team that did not win the division last year. The Saints actually won the division. Uh, not that it necessarily matters, but I'm sure if you're Tampa, you would like to have home, uh, yeah, home field advantage in the playoffs. Uh, but you know, you had a shot here, and now uh, you're only a half game up on them. Like it's they're five and two, you're six and two. Uh, it could have been seven and one against five and three. Like you could have had a, a monster lead there, and instead. You know, uh, you you gave up one to a Trevor Simeon-led New Orleans Saints team, so that was not good. Uh, And then I had the Vikings. If you were going to make any kind of a playoff push, you had to be able to get over the Cowboys without Dak Prescott. And to get beat by Cooper Rush, like, that is as demoralizing a loss as you can possibly take, right? Yeah, the Vikings are definitely on that list. The the, the Vikings were one of the other teams. I just feel like the – I just just feel like the the Lions just can't. They can't come back from this. But anyway, yeah, the Vikings are probably the right answer, in my opinion. The crazy thing is you look at all of the advanced stats on the Vikings, and their numbers are good. Like, they're a really good football team as far as numbers go, and they cannot seem to get over the hump. Uh, They're sitting at 3-4 and now, and they are just... Like, you you look at all these numbers, and they're really good, right? Number 14 in DVOA on offense, number 4 on defense. Special teams, man, they were number 30. In special teams, so that ain't good. Uh, but that that team, I just don't understand them. Uh, who won the weekend? Uh, well, so we're not saying the Jets, right? Because that's who I was going to say. I but, don't think I don't think this win necessarily means anything for them going forward. Well, um, no, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, so I, I don't uh, think. So if that's the case, I think it's the Forty Niners. They they kicked the shit out of the Bears. They didn't just beat the Bears. They they beat them up physically, and they scored and they scored a lot. I've got uh I got three teams on here, all for somewhat different reasons. Uh the Steelers beating the Browns, I think uh helped them win the weekend because everybody kind of expected the Steelers to not be I say everybody. The the Vegas numbers were still high on the Steelers, but most people that, that keep up with this sport knew that this was not a good Steelers team. And to be able to get that win against the Browns, uh that was that was pretty big. It moves them to four and three on the season, and you know, I mean, they're still in this thing. They're still in for uh, for the division. So, uh, the Titans with the Derrick Henry injury, I think that win against the Colts in overtime was massive. Like I know Henry played the rest of the game even with the injury, um, but now you're not going to have him for a while. But this was the stretch that you had to be really good in, and they went six and two in their first eight weeks. I know you got the Rams coming up this weekend, but your schedule light, like it really lightens up, and I think even without Derrick Henry, you should be able to yeah, maybe go five hundred. You're, you're going to get to the playoffs. You're probably going to win the AFC South because of that win over the Colts. Um, and so I had those, and then I had the Patriots because hey, you're three and zero on the road now, and I mean you got to keep winning because you took so many L's early. 
But I, I think this was great for them, especially for uh, developing, you know, Mac to be a, a good NFL quarterback. So I, I think I think those three, the Steelers, Titans, and Patriots, uh, I feel like they, they won the weekend. You, uh, how, how you feel about those? Yeah, I think the Steelers scoring 15 points in a shit game is pretty pathetic to say that they won anything. They beat a bad team. That's, that's all they did. That's all they did. True. They're still going to be close to last in that division. You think they, they're still in it? They're not. They're not in it. I assure you, they won't be in it by the end of the year. So, uh, but, but, uh, like I said, I already gave you my my team. So I think the Forty ers Yeah, no, that makes sense. Hey, Titans, by the way, everybody had them written off. Everybody had them cast for dead. Everybody said Kyle Shanahan's not a good coach. We overrated him, and then they came out and they went on the road and they kicked the shit out of the Bears. Yes, yes, you're uh, you're right about that. Um, the Titans' remaining schedule, by the way, at the Rams against the Saints. Uh, at home against Houston, at the Patriots. Then you got Jacksonville uh, after a bye week. Uh, you got at Pittsburgh. The 49ers come to Nashville on uh, two days before Christmas on a Thursday. And then you've got Miami and at Houston to close out. So, I mean, you go you go four and four there, and you're sitting at, what, 10 and seven? Uh, you're in the playoffs. You've won the AFC South. You know, at the Titans, and, and they should be able to get Derrick Henry back uh you know, towards the end of the season. So, for the Titans, I think uh, I think that win was massive, massive for them. Uh, instead of five and three, you're sitting at six and two, and uh, you got a pretty sizable lead in the division. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the big game pick'em for Week Nine. This is our preview segment, and we have got quite a few games. Last week, I went seven and one against the spread. That's after going zero for eight the week before that. Um, so it is a week-to-week thing. It's a marathon, uh, not a sprint. So Chris went five and three last week. I'm sitting at thirty-seven and thirty-one on the year. Chris, you are thirty-two and thirty-six. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into the first one. Thursday night football: Jets at the Colts. Colts are a ten and a half point favorite. Total of forty-six and a half. Odds are brought to you by BetUS. Where the game begins. Oh, I hadn't even done a rundown yet. Let me do that. Go to winningcureseverything.com. You get everything you need to know about us there. Where to subscribe, etc. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a nice five-star review. The show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. It's America's premier sports book. You can find them online at BetUS.com. Use the promo code NCAAF2021. You get a 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. And, and on top of that, it's sports book exclusive. There's a link in the description. You can click that. It's going to automatically toss in the promo code for you. So go and click that link and make sure that you take advantage of the deal. Uh, on top of that, I host a college football show for BetUS. Chris hosts a college football show for Sportsbook Review. The links are in the description for those as well. Uh, and make sure and follow us on Twitter. You can see it on the screen, or there's a link in the description. I'm at GaryWCE, and Chris is at Chris B. Giannini. All right. Uh, Jets at Colts. Colts minus 10.5, total 46.5. The Colts are 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five games. And this whole Mike White thing has really shaken me on the Jets. I, I mean, he was, he was awesome against the Bengals. I do think that the Colts are a really good team. I, I say really good. That, maybe that's pushing it a little too far. Uh, I do think the Jets can hang in this. Like, the, the mentality of this team, they have taken on that mentality from their coach. Robert Sala has been pretty good. Like, I, the Jets have been blown out in some situations, but, man, he's kind of got them turning a corner a little bit. They feel like they can play with anybody. Uh, the Colts... I think they're going to win the game. 
I don't think they win it by by more than ten and a half. So I'm going to take the Jets here uh, because I think that this team is feisty, man. I think that they can they can put up some points, and even without their quarterback, I still think they're going to be all right here uh, because I think Mike White's all right. Like I think he's pretty good. So give me uh, give me the Jets plus ten and a half here. Yeah, I'd, I'd take the Jets plus ten and a half. We've got a shitload of games, dude. Yeah, no, we we have got a we've got a few. Um, let's let's roll through on to the next one. Um, do, 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 do. Write my times down. Twelve p.m. Central Time. Browns at the Bengals. Bengals a three point favorite. Total of forty seven here. The Bengals are eight and two against the spread. Their last ten against the Browns only five and five straight up. Um, however, I. This feels like the Browns should be should be favored in this spot, uh, even with an injured Baker Mayfield and whatnot, even with all the drama that's going on around OBJ and whatnot. Everybody talked about him possibly being gone to the trade deadline. I don't it doesn't look like that's happened. Uh, I I think the Browns are a better football team than they've shown, and I think they step up here in division. I think they beat the Bengals. Like I think they just win this one outright. So I'm gonna take the Browns plus three. Yeah, it, it, if I had to make a pick on this game, it would be. Uh, the Browns plus the points, but I'm going to tell you, if the Bengals were plus three, I would be betting the Bengals plus the points. So I think both these teams are, you know, trying to come off of a big loss where they both look really bad and kind of humiliate themselves. But I also don't have a lot of high expectations for either one of them. I think they both have been uh, a little overvalued on what we've seen. I would trust the Bengals more than the Browns right now. Right, but you're you're still rolling Browns plus three though, right? Yeah, right. rolling Browns plus three because they got points. That makes sense. Start with the head start. I like it. Twelve p.m. Central Time. Falcons at the Saints. Saints a six point favorite. Total of forty two. Uh, Jameis Winston out for the year. The Saints are six and one against the spread. Their last seven against the Falcons. Uh, I I don't know what the Saints team is going to be without Winston. Uh, Trevor Simeon played last week. And I would imagine he'll be the one going forward, uh, at least until they get Jameis back, and that that may be next season. So who knows what to make of their offense? I don't expect the defense to be able to get turnovers the way that they did against the Bucks in this game. The defense is really good, but I don't think that they are that good. Like you can't you can't do that game in and game out. It's kind of the Iowa effect from college football. Uh, you can't base an entire uh, game plan around getting turnovers because you don't know whether or not you're going to be able to get them. Uh, so I I just think it's way too many points here. Uh, like, I, I fully expect the Saints to win, and they got a lot of weapons and whatnot, but I just – I think the Falcons can keep this thing relatively close. Uh, I, I think this is the game where we try and figure out, okay, what is New Orleans going to be? Uh, and, and they'll probably do some very vanilla things, much like they did against the Bucks on offense. Um, I, I trust them to – I trust the Saints to win. I trust the Falcons to be able to keep it within six. I, I, there's no way on earth you can't say this defense is an elite, and what this defense has done has been amazing. So that, I just don't. We disagree there. I think the Saints team is really good. I also think that this uh, 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 Falcons team is real bad, like historically bad. And you know now they're without their best receiver. And Matt Ryan has looked like hot garbage most of the year. I just there's no way I'm ever betting another dime on on the Falcons. Okay, yeah, I can I can see that I can see that. So Saints minus six for you. 
moving on, another 12 p.m. game. And this is the Patriots going to the Panthers. Panthers are a four-point home underdog, total of 41. Panthers 5-0 and against the spread, their last five against the Pats. But uh, that betting trend means almost nothing because these two teams do not play all that often. That is spaced out over a long period of time. Uh, but the, the Panthers do seem to cover every time they play the uh, the Pats for whatever reason. I, I think the Patriots have found something. I, I think their defense is playing lights out right now. Uh, their running backs are not dropping the football anymore. So that, that's certainly, or at least not as much as they were. Um, I I really like this Patriots team. The Panthers seem to be going backwards. And now there's all this talk that Matt Rule might not be happy in the NFL. He could be looking to go back to college. A uh, lot of chatter that he could pull a Nick Saban. Uh, and at the end of the season, he could go back to uh, one of these bigger jobs. Uh, if that is the case, I mean, who knows what that means for the rest of this season. Uh, but I I do like the Pats here. I think they are rounding into form. This looks like a fantastic football team. They played well against the Chargers last week. And, and now, of course, they're going back on the road where they are undefeated thus far this season. I know they're giving up four points, uh, but uh, hey, I throw them points away. I'm all good with it. I think the Pats win by more than four easily here. Yeah, I do too. I told you after week four, the Bill Belichick just does not care about the first four weeks of the season. He yeah. just doesn't. He uses them as preseason practice. That's what they are, an extension of the preseason. And and that's what he's going to continue to do going forward. Um, that That's it. That's his mantra. So this team is a different team than what team starts the season. They are substantially better offensively. They are not great. They are still lacking in that area. But at the same time, defensively, it doesn't matter. They seem to have picked that up and kind of figured out all their problems. So I like the Patriots to go on the road here and win this game. I do as well. Uh, Another 12 p.m. game, last one in that time slot. Vikings headed to Baltimore to face off against the Ravens. Ravens are a a five-and-a-half point favorite at home. Total of 49.5 in this game. Uh, Ravens 6-1 and one straight up their last seven at home. Uh, this is not a common matchup. Going to be a lot of purple in that stadium. I, I don't know what to make of the Ravens here. Um, I think, I mean, obviously we saw them get blasted by the Bengals, and that still leaves a, a bad taste in my mouth because I bet on them that weekend. <laughs> uh, but I, I think this Vikings team is, they are too good to continue to to lose the way that they have been. I, I don't know that they get the win here. Five and a half just seems absurd. This line should have been three, uh, just based on numbers. I, I I don't I don't know that there's a ton of home field advantage uh, for Baltimore here. I I'm gonna roll with the Vikings plus five and a half and and expect this to be a field goal game either way. Uh, and yeah, I mean if you ask me who's gonna win, I'm gonna roll Ravens because I don't trust Kirk Cousins to be able to get it done. But I think they can keep it within that five and a half. So I'll, I'll take the Vikings. All right. Well, I'll take the Ravens. That's one of my favorite plays of the day. I, they're coming off a of bye. Harbaugh's really, really good with an extra week of practice. Um, he, he's one of the coaches that's historically great at that. Um, and just this Vikings team, I'm I'm not spending any time on Kirk, Kirk Cousins at all. He, he's just he's just awful. He he really is. I'm surprised. Like. So, Kellen Mond, is he hurt? Is Kellen Mond hurt? I have no idea. Like, I, I, I can't figure out why why they don't try something different. But, alas, here we are. 
Uh, the Packers at the Chiefs, 325 p.m. game. It's a pick 'em. Uh, 54 and a half is the total. The Packers have covered every game this season other than week one when they got blasted by the Saints. Uh, the Chiefs uh, do not cover against anybody. They did not look good on Monday Night Football against the Giants. Uh, that, that was another one of those that was a poorly played game, but I guess it was exciting at the end. I mean, it was only 20-17. to 17. I, This Chiefs team is not good. They are not good. In that defense against Aaron Rodgers, I don't care if he's got any wide receivers. I, I do think it hurts that you lose uh, uh, Bob, uh, the tight end, I forget his last name right now. Um, I, I think that might hurt a little bit, but at the end of the day, like this is a defense that you are going to be able to rack up yards and points against. I trust the Packers to be able to get this done. They are playing like the best team in the league right now. Uh, so give me the Packers uh, at a pick'em. Yeah, Packers are going to win this game. Packers are going to kill them. Something's wrong with the Chiefs. They're not very good. Uh, this is the old mantra of the Super Bowl team, the team that loses the Super Bowl doesn't make the playoffs the very next year. And uh, had they been playing anybody, not named the Giants or maybe the Lions, I I think the Chiefs lose that game straight up to almost everybody else. And that is a Monday night football game at home. And you lay that kind of egg, that's just pathetic. They don't look good. They don't even look good on offense. Travis Kelsey didn't look good. Nobody looked good. Yeah, no, every, all everything about them looks bad right now. Uh, I'm surprised they hadn't fired the de- uh, the defense coordinator. Uh, who who knows what to make of it? Uh, another 325 game. Cardinals headed to the 49ers. Uh, the line did not come out on this until right before we uh, started recording, and the Cardinals are a two and a half point favorite on the road. Total of 46. Arizona five and one against the spread. Their last six games, uh, but of course that one was to the Packers last week, and. You know, there's questions about whether or not Kyler Murray is going to play this week. Like, he's questionable. I would imagine he does play. uh, But how healthy will he be? And on top of that, you go back and you look at at the metrics for for the uh, 49ers. And, brother, like, this is not an awful football team. Like, they are number nine in total DVOA. And and like you said, they, I mean, they kind of handled the Bears last week. The Bears aren't a terrible football team. I I tend to believe that the 49ers will be able to get this win at home. Um, they're they're an underdog. I think they're going to win outright. So I'll certainly take the two and a half. Uh, I just I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo and that bunch is as bad as maybe we have assumed that they were. They they played a pretty rough schedule to uh, to start things off, and and it's not like the Cardinals are an easy team, but I think the 49ers are catching them at the right spot. So give me give me the 49ers here. Yeah, 49ers are going to be the better team here. Um, I, I think they're going to win the game. I think the Cardinals got to rack up a bunch of wins early, some against some bad teams, but also they caught us just a ton of luck. And and they played great. Let's let's not get that mistaken. They they earned a lot of their wins that they got. I just don't think what they're doing and the way they're playing is sustainable. So, give me four dollars. I can get down with it. We got two more. We got Sunday night football. The Titans at the Rams and. Of course, the Derrick Henry news uh, hurts. That hurts a lot if you are a Titans fan. Uh, the Rams are a 7.5-point favorite, total of 53.5. The Titans 6-1 and one against the spread of their last seven games. Um, they, it looks like they're bringing in Adrian Peterson to possibly take over the role of Derrick Henry for now, and they've got some other running backs on the roster as well and, and all that. But 
this this line seven and a half. You know the Rams. They they brought in um, a Von Miller from the Broncos. I don't know that he's going to play this weekend. I would imagine he probably will. They got that done early this week. Uh, so I mean, we didn't even touch on that trade, but they bring in Von Miller, and now they've got a three-headed monster on defense. But I, the Titans have been playing really, really well. And while some of that is predicated on what Derrick Henry is doing, I think this line got inflated a little too much based on the injury and based on bringing in Von Miller. It's, I think it's still going to take a little bit of time for Miller to figure out exactly what his role is in this defense. And and I think the Titans have been playing really well uh, outside of Derrick Henry running the football. Like at Ryan Tannehill has been really good the last however many weeks. I Seven and a half feels like too much. It feel, I feel like the world is going to be on the Rams here. So I'm going to take the Titans plus the seven and a half. So the Von Miller trade is not going to matter a whole lot in this game. Von Miller had not been great. I mean, he's he's just older. He's not, you know, the guy that he used to be. So he, and, and, and anybody expecting him to be that, they're just going to be disappointed the wrong. The, the difference is, though, is I do think Henry – so all the things that make the – uh, Titans look good outside of Henry are because of Henry. That's the dis- difference. When you have to focus on a monster that much like him, you cannot do anything else. You you just don't have the luxury. You don't have the ability to, you know, go after Ryan Tannehill the way you need to. And you, you, you just, you're not afforded the luxury that, that you are when Henry's running like crazy. Without him, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I think he's too valuable to that team. I think he's too much of that offense. And I think this team is going to struggle. All right, so that means uh, Rams minus 7.5 for you, huh? I, w- I would lay the points. Okay. All right, last game up for us before we get into our Super Contest picks. And we are moving to Monday Night Football, the Bears at the Steelers. Uh, two not great teams, but they have pretty good defenses. Steelers are a 6.5-point favorite total of 40 so not a lot of points expected in this ball game and uh and i can't say that i blame them for thinking that way um total dvoa on these teams the bears number 26 the steelers number 15 uh and that that all has to do with defense defense for chicago number 18 defense for pittsburgh is number 10 and then you have two offenses that are uh you know steelers number 21 and chicago uh number 30 uh, but I think Chicago can be improved on offense here. Uh, I, I don't, I don't trust the Steelers as far as I can throw them. Uh, it's six and a half is just too much. Like, give, give me the Bears here. I just, I, I don't, I don't see the Bears. By the way, four and one against the spread of their last five against the Steelers. Again, not a common matchup, but uh, these are two defensive teams with not a lot of points. Uh, yeah, this this feels like a field goal game. Yeah, I like the Bears. I think the Bears have a chance to win this game outright. I don't think the Steelers team is very good. They weren't good last week. They just played a dead-ass team in my Browns. And, uh, and yeah, I just absolutely think at some point in time, the law of averages are going to catch up to the Steelers. I can get down with it. Next stop up and to close out the show, our Super Contest picks for week number nine. Last week, I went 3-2. and two. I am 22-18 and 18 overall on the season. Chris, uh, man, one and four last week. Uh, kind of, kind of felt like I did the week before. Uh, nineteen and nineteen, and two overall on the season. So uh, overall, not not bad. We hadn't been bad this season, but we're we're rounding into form. We're getting into shape. 
Uh, I will start us off. I'm going to take the Browns plus three at the Bengals for my first pick. Uh, we already talked about it, but I just feel like these two teams are too close. I'm going to take the team with a head start. I think the Browns probably should have been favored here uh, if you look at the numbers. And even on the road, I feel like they should have been favored. Um, maybe the Bengals are falling off a little bit. Like that hot start, you knew it was going to come back to earth eventually at some point. Division game, I'll take the Browns here. Yeah, all right. I'm going to start off with the Packers as a pick I think this Chiefs team is dead. I have been betting against them all year. I think they've covered one line, and that's it. Uh, so I'm going to continue to ride this hot streak. They're going to have to make me lose a lot for me to, 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 to fall in the hole. Oh, I can I can understand that. Uh, game number two for me, Broncos plus 10 at the Cowboys. I don't think the Von Miller thing hurts that much at all. Uh, and I, I think that the Cowboys, with Cooper Rush, first game out, maybe it is something that defenses have not seen. You know, it, it, they're playing it a little bit differently than the way that you game planned for them. So, yeah, maybe you can shock the Vikings that way. I, I think 10 points is just too much for a team that I don't expect to be super explosive uh, in the Cowboys. So I'm going to take the Broncos plus the 10 because I don't see either team winning this by double digits. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I don't like this slate of games. I, I can understand <laughs> that. <laughs> Give me the Texans. Give me the Texans plus six and a half. I, I, I think this Dolphins team is not very good. Um, I think we should get a Watson trade out of this, okay? This is what I really believe should happen. I believe that both these two teams should come to terms for the most part. And and if the Texans want an extra first and the Titans want that to be a third, I think the winner gets what they want. I think we should have to put something on the line here. But when this game is over with, Watson walks his ass to the other side of the field. There you go. And so Texans plus six and a half at the Dolphins. I like <laughs> Uh, you betting on the Texans. I think you'll love this one then. Uh, game number three for me, the Bills at the Jaguars. Give me the Jags plus 14 and a half. Uh, I don't think the Jags are a good football team. However, they have been at least somewhat competent, and and I think, or at least lately they have been. I, I think they're just going to be able to keep this game a little bit closer against the Bills. I haven't been impressed with the Bills in a couple of weeks now. Um, they I, I think the Dolphins kind of, didn't give them the game, but it's not like the Bills were playing well enough to win that one by two touchdowns last week, and yet they did. So I I will take the Jags plus fourteen and a half at home against Buffalo. Yeah, let me. I'm going to take the Bears plus six and a half against the Steelers. We talked about that one already. I I, I just think that they're. I think they they might be the better football team here. Okay, I can get down with that. Uh, I'm going opposite you on game number four here. Uh, from one of your earlier uh, predictions. Falcons plus six at the Saints. I Whether it's Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon, whoever, I think this offense slows down. I do think the Saints defense is really, really good. Uh, but I, 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 this might be a little bit of bias. I like Arthur Smith. I think he's going to be able to figure out a way to put up points here. I think, uh, I think this team is, they're not good. But I do think that they will be able to keep this game close, especially division game here. Uh, I like the Falcons to keep it within six at the Saints. Um, I am going to take the Ravens minus five and a half against the Vikings. I I think this Ravens team coming off a bye is usually pretty good. I think this Vikings team just keeps finding ways to lose games. I could uh, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, game number five for me. I'm rolling Patriots minus four at the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers are on the decline, even with a a close win against the Falcons last week. 
Uh, I still don't think this is a very good football team, and I think the Patriots are really, I don't know how many times I can say it in one show, rounding into form. This looks like a really, really good football team, um, and I think that they are going to uh, win this by by much more than four points. I, I think they could win this by double digits here. All right, well, uh, let's take – I'm going to take the Chargers. So, let me tell you about the Chargers. Okay. Justin Herbert last week was the worst-rated quarterback in, in the NFL. Justin Herbert over the last three weeks is the worst-rated quarterback in the NFL. That can't be sustainable, right? We have enough of a sample size to know that's not who he is, correct? I, I would think so. I um, just think the Chargers team can't keep being as bad. I also don't think there's any world on earth where this Eagles team is that that good. I could I could see that. I could totally like I, I see where you're coming from with this. So uh, Chargers minus one and a half on the road at the Eagles. Okay, I can get down with that. All right, a quick recap here. I am taking the Browns plus three, Broncos plus ten, Jags plus fourteen and a half, Falcons plus six, and the Patriots minus four. And Chris, you have got the Packers in a pick'em against the Chiefs. You got the Texans plus six and a half, Bears plus six and a half, Ravens minus five and a half, and Chargers minus one and a half. Sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. All right. Anything else uh, you want to say before I let you go and close out the show? That's it, brother. See you, man. Be good, brother. All right. Another fantastic show. Wrapping up. Good to have Chris in. Of course, always enjoy our conversations. And, uh, and always enjoy chatting with you guys. We appreciate you for being here. If you are watching the show, make sure and like the video. Uh, if you are listening to the podcast, make sure you are subscribed. And leave a nice five-star review for us over on Apple Podcasts. That certainly helps us out as far as algorithms and all that kind of stuff. We are so close. Uh, last I checked, we were 218 subscribers away from hitting our mark for the entire season. So make sure and subscribe on the YouTube page. Uh, you can find it over at winningcureseverything.com. And make sure and follow us on Twitter. Uh, myself, I'm at GaryWCE. Chris is at Chris B. Giannini. So go ahead and knock that out for us also. The show brought to you by BetUS, America's premier sportsbook, online sportsbook. Go and check them out. BetUS.com. Use the promo code NCAAF2021, and you will get 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. It is sportsbook exclusive. That means it ain't going towards a casino or any of that kind of crap. It is going specifically to gamble on sports. And there are so many things going on right now. I mean, a World Series, all kind of stuff like this. There's a bunch happening. So make sure and lock in on that deal before it goes away. Uh, so bet US where the game begins. You guys have been fantastic. We're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Hopefully, you'll be back with us on Friday to go over the college football slate along with whatever else might happen uh, with the Texas monkey scandal TCU, who knows what job is going to open between now and Friday. Who knows? Uh, lots to dig into in this crazy, crazy football world. With that said, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.